Duende. I'm your host, Kian Eggett, and with me is... Camille Beamer! Alrighty. Um, today's a very special episode, uh, kind of a spookier one for upcoming Halloween, which we're very excited about. Our favorite flavor of holidays. And um, I, we've discovered that they do celebrate Halloween down here in Belize. All the shops are now carrying... Uh, Halloween costumes that are like the the funniest one that I've seen is like a radioactive uh, suit, like a you know like one of those like yellow suits that looks like it has green goo spattered on it, which I think is funny and terrifying, in a different type of way. Chucky is a really big like Halloween star down. Here. Chucky's like a really big like legend down here. Like I think I think parents use Chucky to scare their kids more than here more than in the states for sure i mean we've driven by like a pinata place and they made like a a life-size chucky but like life-size in that he was like five feet tall he was like bigger than the doll a lot of chucky tattoos <laughs> terrifying. oh yeah a lot of chucky tattoos down here which is funny interesting anyway um a little update as to how we're doing before we get started on the on the episode we got uh, married we got married again <laughs> <laughs> one more time Another spontaneous wedding. Um, we went to the courthouse down here and filed for a marriage. And um, <laughs> we filed for our marriage license. And when we went in to set a date, they were like, how, how soon do you want to get married? And we we're like, as soon as possible. They're like, can you come back in two hours? Like, oh, like, okay. Okay, sure. So. Well, up until that point, they were like, you can get married on Friday at 3. Like, oh, okay, I guess we'll get married on Friday at 3. And we had to go fill out all this paperwork. And then when we turned it in, they're like, actually, you can get married in an hour from now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we pulled it together. We pulled it together. My mom and my grandma came, and they were witnesses. And we had cake and champagne, and it was really sweet. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was actually really nice. And then we went and partied, and we passed the wedding cake out to all the neighbors. We went to everybody's <laughs> house and gave them a slice of cake, which is kind of customary. Yeah, sweet. Um, besides that, we got a new puppy. Stout. Stout. Um, he's like a little, he looks almost like a lab, mm -hmm. sort of. Yeah, he's black uh, and a little bit of white. Um, he looks the like shitty. 21st of September was Belize's Independence Day, and like the day after, because they set off a bunch of fireworks, the day after there was this little puppy on our doorstep. So I guess he got scared and ran away and ended up at our place. He's got a big fat belly. Oh my gosh, that dog eats and poops so much. It's like all he is is a little poop factory. Pooping it. Ugh. Um, we are going to the States soon. Yes. Uh, we'll be up there the 21st of October up in San Francisco. Till November 8th and then we're heading over to Santa Fe to visit Kian's mom in her new place. Yeah. We're very excited about that as well. So if you're listening to this and you are in San Francisco and want to meet we us during that you. time, or if you're in Santa Fe the, the 8th through the 12th, yes, then you can meet us there too. Reach out to us on WhatsApp or Instagram or send us a, a letter by mail. 
can't. <laughs> uh, it's been raining here. Uh, it's the rainy season. It's been raining, and we actually, it's a little harder to get out to our property because the roads are just washed out. Really washed out because a lot of big trucks have been going back there in the rain and just carving out some real nasty, <laughs> like, trenches. Yeah, we got stuck. We. <laughs> We hauled out two huge water vats, two um, 10,000 liters of water each, water vats out there in the back of a trailer, and got stuck, and luckily our uh, Camille's cousin Gio was with us and was able to tow us out of there, but boy, but, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been not fun. It's been raining too much, and we've been staying here in Corazal at my grandma's, because it's just too too <laughs> unsettling to know if you'll make it back there or not. Yeah, we don't want to get stuck because there's no one going back that way yeah. right now. So yesterday we just had a Kurt Russell movie marathon. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. We started with um, Overboard. Which Ken had never seen. Um, and then, you know, Kurt Russell marries Goldie Hawn at the end, but then she leaves him and takes the kids and he gets drunk and moves to the Caribbean. And then we watched Captain Ron. Which is great. And that's what happens to him next. And then, you know, he loses an eye somehow during that. And then the world ends. And then we watched Escape from New York, <laughs> where he's Snake Plissken and he has to save the president oh from the prison that is New York. What else is going on? Uh, uh, it was great. Um, I got I got Chichem again, which is a poisonous tree. It's similar to um, getting like poison oak or poison ivy. But worse. And. <laughs> My mom and I drove around until we found a bush doctor here in Belize, and he made me a tincture, which actually took the chichem away, like, in a couple of days, which I'm so grateful for, and he also mixed Kian and I up our own, like, tinctures of... Like, like it's 21 magic herbs and spices, yeah. basically, that we're slugging down each morning, and it is nasty it's tasting. It's so gross. It tastes like roots and... It's like drinking the water out of a bark. gutter, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, apparently it's supposed to be really good for you. Nan Nan did it when she moved down, or when she was down here doing uh, Mama Newt's 10, 20 years ago, and she says that she doesn't get sick anymore. Yeah, so we've been drinking this in case, I don't know, help raise our immunities in our body and yeah. clean you out. <laughs> so we'll see if it works. We'll keep you updated on that. Um, so far, it just tastes gross. It hasn't done much else to me. All right, well, on with the episode. Want to get revenge on someone but don't want to get in trouble in the process? Get a hold of some of their fingernail clippings and find an Obia man. He'll make you a wax effigy of your rival that you can burn at your pleasure. Has someone spurned your love and you wish to enchant them? Procure a lock of their hair and ask the Obia man to make you a love potion. He'll also need a black wax candle made from a stingless Mayan bee and a handful of crushed eggshells. People who have turned to Obia for help seldom wish to discuss their reasoning and the actual spells and rituals are never recorded, or rarely written down, casting a shadow over the whole religion. Only the Obia men do not hide, sitting prominently on their porches, waiting for someone to come to them, whether it be for good or for evil. On this episode, we are learning about the mysterious Caribbean and African-based religion known as Obia. Obia. 
According to Wikipedia, Obia is a system of spiritual healing and justice-making practices brought over by enslaved West Africans to the West Indies. It is currently still practiced in the Caribbean Commonwealth as well as our own Belize, but in this day and age, it has much darker implications as it has light ones. The word Obia is said to be difficult to define. We love those ones. Wikipedia says the origins of the word Obia have been contested in the academic community for nearly a century. There is not a widely accepted consensus on what region or language the word derives from, and there are politics behind every hypothesis. Obia is one of many other African religions that were brought with the slaves to the Americas, such as Haitian voodoo, Santeria, Mayalism, and Palo, whose practitioners have sometimes been caught casting human bones into cauldrons during their rituals. But unlike other African diaspora religions, Obia has no explicit canon of gods or deities. It is believed by some to not be a single unified set of practices at all, but rather is comprised of many individual acts based around a common belief system. So, like rather than Christianity, which gives you a well-known cast of characters and a very strict script to follow, Obia gives you the tools and says, go do what you want to do with it. For this reason, Obia is mostly deemed as a justice-seeking religion and that people often seek the help of Obia men to write injustices wreaked upon them. Because there's a lot of people out there that feel... Feel unjustified? <laughs> feel wronged? That's true. Everywhere you go. Yeah, it's a booming business, Obia. <laughs> Obia men can also read the bones and divine your future. Seek out the truth of an argument, or even help you find love if you're having trouble on Tinder. <laughs> In the late 1700s, letters to the British newspaper The Times even reported that decades before these methods were adopted by European medicine, Obia doctresses in the Caribbean practiced the use of a little-known thing called hygiene while dealing with sick people as well as the application of medicinal herbs to heal with. They were well before their time. But besides the good, Obia is also known for its more sinister applications. The earliest known mention of Obia comes from Barbados in 1710 from letters written by one Thomas Walduck, who may have been an Australian politician, but I don't know. He records in part that a person practicing Obia can torment a hapless victim by, quote, sending uncannable pains in different parts of their body, lameness, madness, loss of speech, lose the use of all their limbs without any pain. <laughs> that's my, that's the best Australian accent. I can do right All now. right, Waldeck. <laughs> so how did Obia get a reputation for being associated with evil and black magic? In one version of the story, it started with a comet. At the start of the 20th century, the appearance of a comet in the sky became the focal point of an outbreak of religious fanatical millennialism among the practitioners of a different religion in Jamaica called Mayalism. Originally, Mayal and Obia were two sides of the same coin, Mayal being associated more with the good spells for luck and love, and Obia with more unsavory things like curses and revenge. Over time, however, the two belief systems began to separate and become their own independent ideas. Those practicing Mayalism thought the appearance of the comet meant the end of this age and the birth of the next, so they began to really ramp up their practice. Their religious fervor garnered a lot of attention from the Christian church, which had been brought to the area by the English, 
and was trying to mop up and incorporate any smaller religions they could into their own. They began grooming the various religions in the West Indies to become part of Christianity. With the Christian world paying such close attention to them, the Mayalists felt the need to distinguish their beliefs from the rest of the religions in the area, seeing as they believed they were to usher in the coming era as foretold by the comet. So to do so, Mayal men began to contrast their practices with Obia, claiming that Mayal was the good and just counterpart to the dark and evil Obia. They claimed that Obia men stole people's shadows, and Mayal men set themselves up as the helpers of those who wished to have their shadows restored. Mayal men even led witch hunts on the Obia men by contacting spirits in order to expose the evil works of the Obia men, and led public parades which resulted in crowd hysteria that engendered violent antagonism against Obia practitioners. The public discovery of buried Obia charms, presumed to be of evil intent, led on more than one occasion to violence against the rival Obia practitioners. Like witches leading a witch hunt, which is a movie I hope someone makes someday. <laughs> Mayalism eventually got folded into the ever-broadening umbrella of Christianity, and today is called revivalism. Mayalism as a separate religion is no longer practiced, but Obia, shrouded in mystery and shadow, still is. However, the practice of Obia has been banned in several Caribbean countries. In the Bahamas, it is still punishable by, by law with up to three months of jail time, and in Trinidad and Tobago, there are even outdated laws that are still technically in effect called the Obia Acts. That states that anyone caught practicing Obia shall be liable to imprisonment, with or without hard labor, for a period not exceeding 12 months, and in addition thereto, or in lieu thereof, to whipping. Uh, in fact, even suspicion of possessing an instrument of Obia while in a courtroom such as glass vials, blood, bones, or even images that could be used for magic purposes, can result in immediate search without warrant and a fine if such an item is found. If Obia is supposedly so scary, why do people still respect it? Obia is feared and respected because of what it did for its followers. Obia is thought to have been originally practiced by the Ashanti people who lived in present-day Ghana and the Ivory Coast in West Africa. Roughly 10% of the slave ships from that area coming to the Americas carried Ashanti people within them, many of whom were warriors captured by rival Africans after tribal conflicts and sold to the slavers. These warriors without a home would not settle for slavery, and their kind became well known for their many slave revolts and plantation resistance tactics, which is another movie I would watch if someone made it. One of the earlier historical mentions of Obia tells about the Obia woman and suspected witch doctor, Nanny of the Maroons. Nanny was said to have used the powers of Obia to successfully lead a rebellion of Jamaicans who had freed themselves from slavery. They called themselves the Maroons because they were marooned on Jamaica by their slavers. Granny Nanny was said to cook enemy soldiers in a pot without fire and could catch and shoot enemy bullets back at their attackers. The magic of Obia was so effective that after the aforementioned rebellion of the Maroons, the Jamaican assembly in charge of ruling the newly colonized island outlawed the religion for allegedly helping to incite the rebels by making them immune to bullets and thus boosting their confidence in enacting the rebellion. 
Obia is also feared and respected because of its dual nature. Obia men know that Obia is neither good nor evil. It is simply an energy that can be used. If someone wishes to cause harm, the energy turns evil. If someone wishes to heal a sick child, the energy is harnessed for good. Obia men also know the jungle like the back of their hands. They are intimately familiar with which herbs can cause paralysis in animals and men, which leaves cause caustic sores to erupt all over the body, which we've found those, and which roots will break a fever when ground up and drunk in a tea. The Obia men cure their clients of curses, but by the very nature of Obia, sometimes the client is cursed by the same Obia man they have come to for help. Sometimes helpful, sometimes harmful, Obia is a voice for the voiceless and of course of action for those who would otherwise have no recourse. People fear and respect the Obia man, and it's one of those things that I honestly feel like maybe we shouldn't be talking about, but I hope by doing so with utmost respect, we are spared any misunderstanding or undeserved spiritual backlash. And that's the breakdown of Obia. As far as we know it so far... <laughs> Not that we've met an Obia man. Yeah, we've, we've been trying to. Or a granny nanny. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I've been asking people, and I kind of just get, like, a lot of weird looks. I don't think they want me to find him. I don't know. They're probably wondering what the hell I'm trying to get into if I'm doing something like that. And so we're just like, ah, nope, don't know. <laughs> so maybe one day we'll come across a guy who, who knows what he's doing and... Maybe we can have them make a protective spell for us or something, just uh, to experience it. Well, we found a bush doctor, and I don't see why we couldn't find an Obia man. Yeah. Um, just for a little uh, popular culture, um, Nina Simone, the uh, African-American singer and civil rights activist, uh, has a song called Obia Woman, where she takes on the role of a, of a Obia doctress and uh, she performs it on It Is Finished, um, the 1974 album. And she uses image of a powerful African witch who could hug the sun, kiss the moon, and eat thunder to manifest her rage concerning the situation of African Americans at the time. And Captain Beefheart, who is uh, one of my favorite bands, composed and recorded, even though I don't understand them, Composed and recorded a song called Obia Man in 1966 on um, their box set Grow Fins, uh, which is all their weird songs, uh, some, some of their weirder songs. And then also, Obia has been suggested as a root for the name Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, although it may also derive from the Japanese word for the uh, kimono belt, the Obi, which uh, it makes a little more sense because he kind of had that sash. He was like a, you know, a, a sensei in a way. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi, the sensei. Oh, wasn't he kind of? He was like a Jedi master. He was a teacher. I can't remember. I didn't really. You've never seen Star Wars? A long time. Probably when oh, it came out, I gosh. saw it. So that is our spooky October episode about Obia. It's kind of like it's kind of like voodoo, but different in a lot of ways. Um, in that you can kind of target somebody, but with any energy that you try to harness, if you if you don't respect it and you don't control it correctly, it, who knows what's gonna happen? Who knows what's gonna come back and bite you in the butt? <laughs> but what's funny to me is that it's. Like, 
you know, say Will Wilbur is the Obia man down the street, and like somebody paid Wilbur to curse you, you got to go back to Wilbur and pay him to like undo that curse. So that's a pretty good business for him. I feel like if your name's Wilbur and you're an Obia man, you might need to change your name. <laughs> Maybe that's the perfect name because it's unsuspecting, you know. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Duende. Uh, have a happy Halloween. Um, again, sorry. If you're in San Francisco, come come find us and let's party. Yeah, woo! Thank you for listening to Radio Duende. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. <laughs>